Let's do this. Monster, that's what he likes All right. <laughs> it's our monthly look at a Yankees view of the, the state of Texas. Now, you know what? Uh, last time we were talking about what you call your grandparents, and uh, periodically I'll get tips for uh, upcoming episodes of what I like about Texas, which honestly often is just a handy title. But this was a documentary about Texas called Boys State. And it's filmed completely in Austin. But I don't want you to think that Boys and Girls State is a just Texas thing. Okay, so let me be clear. This is a thing that happens in all sorts of states. I was watching something today where Tom Brokaw was talking about he went to Boys State, I think in South Dakota. And it's done by the local American legions. Do you guys have any idea what this is? I have seen the trailer for the documentary. Okay, but you didn't grow up and you didn't get pitched about this. I've never... No, but until I saw that trailer for the doc, I'd never heard of this before. I had never, obviously, if I'd never heard of it, I've never known one kid, boy, that attended this. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like it's a, uh, like almost a summer camp for kids that are looking to somehow get into government. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's summer camp. Uh, I believe you have to be sometimes nominated by your high school, maybe teachers, or or you submit an application. But, yeah, it's a summer program that sends you down to Austin for a week if you're, I think, a high school junior. And I think the boys have their own week and the girls have their own week. And then it's just a government simulation. Only problem is the documentary trailer that I saw, without having seen the doc itself, mm-hmm. It painted these kids as uh, kind of odd, well, I, pushing I, a very serious agenda. Well, I, I, I would say politicians all start somewhere. Like when you watch a basketball game, they can often find footage of what that kid was like when he was 14. Well, guess what? There's footage of Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, when he was 17, was at Boys State. Uh, Dick Cheney, Cory Booker, a lot of our modern politicians – Got that seed planted. The bug. Yeah, yeah. Al- Alex Keaton's character wasn't based on entirely fiction, I'm sure. Boy, but that's actually do a you guys, really good comp. Do you guys ever think, though, and Alex maybe P. Keaton. the older that I get, the more I realize this, how driven our lives were by sports as compared to normal people and the people that you hung out with. Because, and I mean like growing up until you got to be 17 or 18 years old, how much sports just it dominated every single aspect of my life, whether it was playing, watching, talking about it, all of it. Yeah, that's all I cared about. And to see kids do this, and it the trailer looks so oogie. No, the 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 trailer. So so this was uh, this was a documentary, and I forget where the people are from, but they needed. They said, "Look, we'd like to show what this is." And as I understand it, Boy State said. 
Do what you want. You can be embedded. And and so what it is, I, I, I guess, I'm trying to remember, it's several hundred boys show up in Austin and they get uh, separated into two parties. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not Republican and Democrat. That's too crazy. They have the Federalist Party and the Wigs. Nationalist Party. I think it's the 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 Federals, Federalists and the Nationalists. What'd you say? The Whigs? No, oh. it's not the Whigs or the Tories. They don't. Uh, <laughs> they don't have the Tories. They they certainly could, but uh, they 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 tried to not replicate exactly Republican and Democrat. But it quickly turns into that sort of thing. But uh, these boys uh, kind of uh, get, I think, the random draw. Do you know when this was made, by the way? Uh, I think this particular one was the summer of 18, the 2018 class. And it's really interesting, first of all. But it's probably interesting for all the wrong reasons because I think many of us are probably dissatisfied with our current political system. There are many people like me that say, gosh, it'd be nice if there were more than just two parties. Because the two parties don't actually seem to be doing anything except trying to crush the other side. And I don't know that that's what the original intent of self-government or or uh, democracy was originally thought of. I, I, I don't think that was the plan. No. Now, it's, it's definitely evolved over the years. But what you see in the summer camp is, is a quick understanding that your personal feelings are great, buddy, but we got to get them votes. And the way to get the votes is to find things that polarize people. Like that's that's one of the main quotes that uh, one of the boys says early on in, 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 the, uh, in the film is, a mission of unity, as good as it sounds, is not winning elections. You have to use personal attacks. You have to use divisive issues to differentiate yourself as a party. It's like the commercials that you hear right before the elections. Yeah. You it's know, it's are, not, you know. You wouldn't believe what Scott Norberg is into. And, and the competition never stops, even once you get elected. I mean, each party, if somebody misspeaks or gets out of line or does something ridiculous, the other party, whether however they position themselves as being the good guys, yeah. they are right there to slam dunk yes. all over them. They're, they're trying to profit. The good guy dem- Democrat, the Democrats are right there to make a million different memes of Ted Cruz at the airport, regardless of what he did was oh, yeah. you know right or wrong. It both sides do this stuff. No, because that's the idea is somehow you have to control the middle. You have to get the middle to see your side of the argument to win this election because. You'll always have people who are far right and always people that are far left. Or, mm-hmm. but and, and research actually shows that our society, with with great things like social media and cable news, everyone is the middle is being vacated more and more because it it does become it has become part of your identity. Well, anyway, this documentary. Do they focus on the boys growing, or I'm sorry, like at their house at all? A little bit, but uh, you know they 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 try to cover the week because over the course of the week, you're you're trying to basically set up a government, and by the end of the week, one of these kids is going to be named governor of Texas, and they will basically build around a platform. And of course, what do you think one of the great platform positions? Uh, ends up being that really resonates with all the high school boys. The border? Seceding. Oh, oh, God, really? <laughs> really? 
for some reason seceding <laughs> becoming our own uh, nation here like in maybe Texas. get our own electric grid separate from everybody else <laughs> that worked out well so there's uh, look there's a lot of unintentional comedy in this documentary and uh you can see it on apple plus for yourself if you'd like but um let me play for you a couple sound bites that uh pretty much summed up politics uh it seems at an early age let's see about this one what are you running for partner treasurer uh i'm thinking of a governor run i'm not ready to announce yet it's a little early to start running for governor don't you think we don't even have a party formed yet you don't have any support in the primaries no but you have to start early you have to you don't have to start this early what do you believe in uh my views will most likely align with the party for the majority of them i want to hear open debates so in other words you're waiting for the party to come up with an opinion and then you're gonna go with the party what do you stand for though like you stand for freedom it's a bold policy so yes, when pressed, the one boy wants to ask the other, "Well, what are your actual ideas?" And he says, "Well, I stand for freedom." Freedom. That's very bold, sir. <laughs> That's you, me. I stand for freedom. I stand for freedom, and I stand for well, liberty. Yeah, liberty and really, freedom. America is yeah. what I stand for the most. I, well, I stand for America. So, so do you think that this stuff like this, um. Or maybe the political dialogue rhetoric of today is driving more kids to do things like this, or it's making kids be like, I don't want any part of this. It's a great question, and I, I wonder if it's any different than it's ever been uh, to, again, to hear Bill Clinton talk about his upbringing. Like some of these young men and women, they, they always know that they want to be president someday like i don't know that i've ever necessarily met a kid my age growing up that said i want to be president but no. they exist and sure they do and here's the thing they end up being our politicians yeah like very seldom do you say you know what i'm going to uh going to college because i want to i want to do this for a living and then that fails and you fall into politics I, I i i guess i don't have any idea what the what the what the numbers suggest but i assume this is one of your real intents and and in an age when it's just not cool to care about politics i bet you can quickly rise people people that excel at the highest level of their you know interests and professions whether they be senators or presidents or governors mm -hmm. or whatever they're nerds for that world that doesn't start when you're 30 like you're, you're rarely, probably right that starts have you ever met, known anyone i've What's never that? met anyone though. no i never knew anybody that was hardcore into politics at the age of 14 well i've That's got so a couple weird. p1s that heard i was going to talk about boys state and they thought what if we told you about our example this is from mark hello bob i was heavily involved in student council when i was in high school hoping uh, it would be good for social interaction and college applications. So I went to Boys State, which seemed like the next logical step. Mind you, that was 20 years ago, and the details are fuzzy, but I can tell you that it's a guys club through and through. We were assigned to a dorm at UT, and we had access to some uh, rooms for some legislative stuff, but most of the conversations just revolved around sex, and as the only virgin, I, didn't, I, I definitely felt left out. I'm sure I engaged <laughs> in some of banter to fit in, but overall, I don't remember it being overly educational at all. The only thing I accomplished was getting a photo with the cute college girl that worked at the co-op uh, bookstore. 
And I also ran for comptroller of Kaig County. And is it Kaig County? I don't know. K E I G? Yeah. And since my uh, last name was Blitch, I would use that to my advantage in my <laughs> campaign slogans. I believe I won that prestigious position, but I also was unopposed. And I remember that the guy who won the highest seat, I think it was governor, won it easy because his last name was Boner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that there were bits involved. You yes. Know? Uh, here's Joe. Joe says, my summary of Boys State, as concise as I can be, this is where I learned to be a politician. This is where I learned that to be a politician is to lie. I've got lots of evidence of this, but I will share the most obvious examples. The guy that became Secretary of Agriculture and the guy that became Governor lived next to me in the dorm, and we would hear them give a speech to the... We would hear them give a speech to the entire assembly during the day, and then at night they would joke with their sweet mates about all the parts that were completely made up and untrue. Example, the Secretary of Agriculture said in his big speech that his father was a third-generation Texas farmer, but he was from an inner-city school in Houston, uh, you know, and it just went on and on like that, that, Man, that, I, that basically everyone learned the best way is to get the room riled up with some, some well-positioned lies. I think on a lesser degree, Lincoln-Douglas debate prepares kids for that in some way as well. I participated in LD in UIL for like two years, I believe, in high school, where they give you... You don't know which side you're going to debate when you walk right. in there. It's You have both topics, pro and con, and you've got to be prepared to argue both of them, whether you agree with one or the other or neither or either. You know right. what I'm saying? It's Shannon and Skip. Yeah, you've got to go in there and lie your ass off on a topic that you're not for. Yeah, You're, and you're amazing, by the way, the amount of stuff you did at that high school. For Dude, real, it, you're a big fish in a big small fish, pond. Small you get pond. to do everything. You wrote for the I, paper. I you were the debate guy. You played tennis. No, don't even basketball. Mention all gifted and talented in UIL. I was all like went to state and spelling. I mean, you didn't have to be that good. That's all I'm saying. I would check out this uh, documentary because it's entertaining, but it's also a little scary because it does seem like the things that resonate the most is saying a really obvious point that gets everybody yelling, and then quickly the entire room turns into chanting, and uh, and it it, it 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 shows you the cult of personality is really what this is all about. You think Ted Cruz went there? He seems like a guy that would... I would imagine young yeah. Ted Cruz probably always thought, that this is uh, where you want to be in front it, of people telling them that you're for freedom. And it's right. no it's no girls. Is that uh, no, no, no they do their own two. week. Okay. They do their own. So these little week. girls that show up at this thing, probably like where you, Bob, might have had a Michael Jordan poster and I might have had a Larry Bird poster. They have a Nancy Pelosi poster yeah. in their room. Yes. They're tough to find, but probably. <laughs> To probably anyway it's that's amazing that's RBG what i like about poster. texas hell yeah and uh check it out nice bill says he went to boys state 20 years ago it was the worst experience of his life half cared and half just wanted it to be over as soon as they oh, <laughs> get the week imagine. over with so they can get out of here can't imagine my parents making me do that all right good stuff bob the ticket well last night we had ourselves another out of town p1 meetup down here in Austin. This is something we did for the first time at the Super Bowl. Did you drag anything out of there? Hang on, we'll get to that. I've long been fascinated by the concept of the out-of-town P1, which used to be a little bit more rare and a little bit more difficult to do than it is now, but still. I mean, we're very Dallas-centric. Always have been, always will be. We take care of our fair bird first and foremost. 
And our position is, if anybody else wants to join in on the ride for that, then um, that's great. We welcome you with open arms. But uh, when we were at the Super Bowl a couple years ago, we did it in Houston, and that was really, really amazing to see how many people down there not only showed up for it, but knew who we were, knew everything that was going on at the station, were totally up to speed, and what was happening and everything. And we figured the thing to do since we're down here in Austin is do another. So last night we did. What did you say your turnout was in Houston? 50 people? I I don't know what it was because, you know, it's not like we rent out a bar. Um, Yeah, it's not like it's a private event. And the the, the event's, like, open. So who knows what they would normally do. But I'll, I'll say this. The Houston turnout was overwhelming. And last night was equally overwhelming. It's... I, look, I don't know what to expect in, in situations like this. If six people are going to be there, if 15 people are going to be there, and I wouldn't care. You know, well, if there's six people show up, then six people show up. But when there are, I don't know, 100 people show up to a bar. I was blown away. I mean, it, it's it's insane. There were yeah. 100 people there. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. Were. There were. And that might be. In Austin. On the low end. You know, and, and I, I know I met, that I met people that had never lived in Dallas, that, that had heard about the station just from a friend or whatever, and have been listening ever since the app came out or iHeartRadio or whatever. And they have no real Dallas connection. They just like listening to the show. Same. I've ta- a ton of transplants, people that have been in Austin for 15, 20 years, people that have just moved. It was I was blown away by, by the turnout. And number one, I was blown away by the number of people, and I was blown away by how every single person we talked to was so incredibly freaking cool. I know. Like, isn't that weird? It was unreal. <laughs> we have a cool listenership, man. There's no doubt. Such nice people and smart and funny. You didn't have any drunk uncle that just ruined everything. Nope. No. And you didn't in Houston either. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure you guys met the same people, but, like, there were people that drove down from New Braunfels. Yeah, there were people that drove down from San Antonio for this. Like it was great. It was so. I don't know what this de- proves, or I, I have no idea. I, I don't. I don't. Even I don't know. think it, it proves anything, nor does it have to. It's just an opportun- opportunity for us to do a little something for those down here or those in foreign ports who listen to us, who take the time and trouble to listen to us, and for us to to just show them that. You know, hey, we know you're there, man. We know you're there, and uh, we want to throw a little love your way, too. Yeah. You know, really, I, that's that's the whole idea here for me is to just, you know, give those people a little something or other. Do the name face thing with them. Yeah, uh, it was, you know, we, we mentioned it a couple times on the air and threw it out on social media a couple of times, and that was that was really it. Meet us down at ABGB, the Austin Beer Garden, and, or Austin Beer Garden and Brewery. And, uh, you know, we were a little late because we were a little late getting out of here. And, and, and you know, when you show up, it's – so Danny and I went to that place last year. This will put it in perspective. A year ago, we were there, not on a meetup. We just went there because we know Brett, who um, helps run that place. And so we get there, and there's – a year ago, on a Thursday, there was about six people there. It was – I think it might have been a little cold out, too, if I remember correctly. And it was March Madness, yeah. and they don't have TVs in there. Right. And so there wasn't there's hardly anybody in there. 
Last night it was it was packed, packed full, and this is a big place. It's big, and every table is full inside, and there was a line at pretty much all times five to ten people deep to get beers. Yeah. I, I walked in, got a drink, and stood in one position, and other than to go to the bathroom twice, I did not move. I didn't either. Man, I was hemmed in to the a back corner of the place for a good 30, 45 minutes as one after another wanted to come up, take a picture, just talk to me about Shoot it. You the know, breeze. Yeah. You know, it, it was real. I mean, like, I really couldn't. It would have been rude for me to walk away oh, from you it. Couldn't. You couldn't. Know? Yeah, you couldn't. You saw. You guys saw where I was sitting. So yeah. I, I was. I literally got there, grabbed a beer, and I kind of turn around, and I start talking to someone, and this girl goes, you might as well just sit down. And so I was sitting down kind of where the line was where people were ordering beers, and it was a perfect spot because they would just kind of come through. It was like a receiving line. At you a know? wedding. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, hey, what's up? But that couple, or the girl that asked me to sit down, they uh, she was part of what I like to call the – uh, the probably the coolest lesbian couple I've ever met. <laughs> they were awesome and hardcore P1s. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, that's the thing. It's not like these people are casual listeners. They listen all day. These people listen yeah, all day long know. from here. They know, They know man. everything about the station. Um, you know, it's just, it, it was cool. And the great, I thought the best part about the whole night was the fact that there weren't any TVs. I do too. At this place. I love and, that. And there was no – that just – and you know what, too? I love it because I never looked at my phone the whole night. I'm sitting there talking to people. Yeah, Everybody's talking, you know, and you never even – hell, I didn't I even know what think, time it was. I don't think mine ever left my pocket. No, until it was 11 o'clock, and they were like, you guys got to get out of here. You know, bars closed. Yeah. Man, I had some really funny conversations, too. People and it was funny as the night went on and the seven percent beers kept flowing. Yeah, um, things got even. Uh, curtains were pulled back, so oh, yeah. to speak. You know, it, questions would be asked. Well, all right, now, now level with me. What really happened with this? Yeah, and then you'd start telling a story. And the next thing you know, there's like ten yeah. people standing around leaning in, going, oh, "Really? Yeah. Wow!" I had to tell the entire country cream story. <laughs> And boy, is a they loved And the guy had no idea. He goes, all right, there's this song that Mino always plays about bacon and, and frying and the biscuits and a skillet. What is that? Because you yeah. always get mad and tell him to turn it off. What is that? And I'm like, all right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> this is going to be a long ride, but hop on. Bear with me. Mm-hmm. There was a guy who swore up and down, and he I know he talked to you too, Danny, about this. He was like, okay, man, tell me what happened when Donovan got suspended. He would. He asked you about that too. Oh yeah, and I'm like, he didn't get suspended. Oh yeah, he did, because there was one time when we were at fight night, and Donovan may have had a couple of pops and said something a little bit racy on the air, and we were joking about like, dude, and he was going on vacation the next day. Yeah. So we were like, dude, I can't believe you know, he's gonna get suspended. You know, we're just busting his balls, and then he goes on vacation. Well, this guy was like, he took it to yeah, heart. It looked like he got he was suspended, like, bro. Yeah. So. I mean, what did he do while he was suspended? Yeah. I'm like, he was in Jamaica on vacation. I know. I, w- I went and asked you about that because I didn't know. And he goes, I don't know, man. I, I, and you told me, no, he never got suspended. And I told him that. And he's like, I think you guys are coming something up. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nobody I, I, got I, I, suspended I'm, I'm here. Not, I'm not buying it. 
Yeah. And I told him, I'm like, man, it could be anything, you know, because when I go on vacation, it's not, oh, Danny's in Boston. Danny's having a great in rehab. Time. Danny's in rehab. Danny is getting his third round of AIDS treatment. <laughs> right. It's always something. That, He's having an abortion. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's something, yes. yes. I'm glad they didn't ask me. I would have told him he had to do community service. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was a guy near uh, near the end of the night who, who sat me down, or I sat down at his table, um, and he goes, okay, man, shoot me straight. And he was probably about 40. Yeah. And he goes, what's it like having kids? And so the guy next to him goes, dude, he knocked up his girlfriend. He's freaking out. <laughs> He's like, you were a late in life dad, right? Like, wh- what's it like? I'm like, dude. <laughs> so we had a 30-minute you know, conversation about the merits of children, basically. The late in life father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, I mean, I don't know, man. It, it was so much fun. It went by too fast, too. Yeah. You know, because that bar closed at 11, and I well, mean, we had a little after party. I, well, I know we're about to get to that. That, that um, I couldn't believe how many people stuck around until close. There was a really solid, good crowd. I'd say maybe a little less than half of the people were still there at eleven o'clock, and I didn't want it to end. And well, it it didn't, did it? No, it did not. Let's uh, follow it up with where we went and a nice recorded drunk version of my pig next. <laughs> Uh, one other thing to come out of last night that I think I must mention. I was handed a book, which I think I might have gotten before, but something happened to it. But it was a book written by my childhood pediatrician. Weird. Very. Who I might have mentioned by name once on the air. And somebody remembered that and had that book and brought it up to me last night. It was written by him about his experience as a, a Chinese immigrant. Oh. Huh. Does he speak Chinese? <laughs> I would imagine he did. He's a last how, note. Who knew that who knew the connection? Like how did somebody heard me mention his name and I guess just happened to have that book, recognized the name and I said he was my childhood pediatrician. And they brought it up. Random. Oh, God, so random. But, hey, that's the way this thing works. You ought to know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So we, uh, afterwards, the bar closed at 11. We're talking about our our big Austin P1 meetup. And uh, so there were some stragglers that that wanted to keep the party going, and we were certainly part of that crew. Mm -hmm. And we ended up at the same bar that we went to last year. It's like a replica of a year ago. It really was. We went to the uh, Casino Southside. Yes. Dive bar, way south Austin. Super fun. Boy, is it a dive. Isn't that a cool it's place? It's great. It's absolutely Such great. Such a fun feel inside that place. So what would you say? Maybe a dozen or so? Yeah. Stragglers from yeah. ABGB ended up going. Now, let me let me say something. We talked about a lot of P1s and people, transplants, Dallasites, people that have never lived in Dallas. My most interesting experience was from a pair of females that had no idea who we were or why we were there or what we did they were at the bar they just were to... at the first place that we were at and about i don't know 10 o'clock at night this one girl comes up to me you know within a crowd of dudes having a conversation and she says all right what is going on here because if you're there you just see random people walking around and talking to us and snapping photos yeah and they're, like, going, well, who are these idiots? Yeah, who are these idiots? She goes, who are you guys, and why 
are these people wanting to take pictures with you? So I'm trying to explain it. The, the guys that are around that, are, that I'm talking to are trying to explain it, that there were listeners. It's radio. She's like, a radio station? Well, where? They're like, in Dallas? She's like, Dallas? Well, what are you doing down here? She couldn't get her head around it. But I think she was it's so, hard to explain, it man. It really is. It's not the only thing that's hard to explain. She was, I guess, so enthralled with the situation in the scene that she found out, not me, where we were going after we left there, went by and picked up a friend of hers and showed up down there to hang out at the after party with a bunch of people. She had no idea who they were, where they came from, or why they were there. How random. Super random. Well, before you Go get ahead. to your yeah, story. Yeah, I just wanted to get a little setup. Hand me the audio cord because right. we got in an Uber that a P1 got. All right. So there's a minivan. Minivan. And, and Mike was part of this. Are you kidding me? I oh, can't play that's right. anything. I forgot I can't play anything off my phone. You can email it to me and I can play it off my computer. All right. So, Mike, you know where I'm going with this. We get into Thanks, a. Thanks, Apple. Yeah, God. What a beating. I know, right? Uh, we got into an. An Uber yeah, we that... get, in, get into an Uber with a guy who had a minivan that was really, really decked out. And this, I've never seen anything like this uh, in my life. Nor have I. I mean, usually Uber experiences for me have always been very straight ahead, you know? Yeah. I mean, you get in, you tell the guy where you're going, he takes you there. Along the way, there might be a little bit of banter and repartee between you, you know? And yeah. that's it. I feel like I've had nothing but weird experiences. Dude, well, so that's the way it's always been time, for me. The time that the guy played ukulele for me for 30 minutes in front of my house after arriving to drop me off. you We are getting in this car, and the door swings open. And it may not, it may not ever get to you, man. It's it's a couple of minutes long. And you know how the we'll internet, trying. you know we'll the trying. internet is out here. But we get in there, and there are TV screens set up in the middle of the minivan, like separating. Yeah, you were in the back. I don't know what was going on back there. Same thing. Separating the 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 front seat and the back seat. There's a probably a thirty inch TV screen. And then there's another one at the front yeah. of the mini of the minivan. Yeah. Again, I'm this is an Uber. This seat. isn't a, a limo that you call and this is an Uber guy. In a minivan. In a minivan. But it's tricked out. And oh my God, is it ever tricked out? And we get in there and it's he's running uh videos. Yes. On the TV screen. And okay. he's got lights in the place. Or in the the van that, like, changed color and everything. And he is running the final countdown. All right, I got it. Oh, you, you no. do? What would you send me? Uh, it just says song or, or car or something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Stand by. Okay, so the final <sighs> countdown by? Yeah, yeah, by Triumph or whatever. Who was it? Europe or? Europe. Europe, yeah. Um, and it is so loud. All right? I mean, it is just pumping in that car to the point where you can't even hear what you're saying. I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of a funny bit. And then the next thing you know, it's like watching MTV from 1984. There's no safety here. Is this it? Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Sorry. There's no safety here. Oh, ever been... And if you skip forward, you can skip forward like a, I don't know, a minute or two, and you can hear what came on next. 
still the final count. Now. Or Europe. Oh yeah. Oh my God, who are these women? All right, here's the next song. Here's Eurythmics. This is loud. Dude, yeah. it's so loud. Like and up front, he was driving, he was looking looking over at me and singing along and everything. And In an Uber, and the videos were running. The original videos from 1984 were running. Insane. Yeah. And then um, after this one, didn't we catch a, a David Coverdale song? Yeah, we did. Or um, not David Coverdale, White but Snake. White Snake. Yeah, um, here I go. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> God. <laughs> this is seriously like MTV 1987. Yeah. yeah, this guy's up there acting the songs out and everything. And That's amazing. It was crazy. Yeah, it was hilarious, man. And there, there, the there guy'd was a, stick. Yeah, there was a girl, uh, uh, Abby, nice P1, who was sitting back there. And, and her think of, think of this. Her boyfriend, this girl, uh, Abby, uh, her boyfriend, or fiance, I guess, Goes, you know what? I got a business meeting in the morning. He's a huge listener. Handed her a credit card and goes, go have fun. Y'all go tear it up. And he, she's like, all right, let's go. And away she went. So, uh, yeah, it, it, dude. And then we get to the bar, and then you had a magical moment. Yeah, I, I did. If I can get it to come up. Why are computers slow? No, well, they are. All right, so... The aforementioned ladies that had no idea who the station was, what we were about, decided to hang out and tag along and invite themselves to the after party anyway. So I'm standing outside on the patio shooting the breeze with my buddy Don, Don Cento, who moved down here. El Cento. Yeah, El Cento many years ago. And we're, you know, I haven't seen Don in forever, so we're catching up. Well, then these broads show up, and they're just kind of hanging out and talking. I know they don't listen, all right? Yes. One girl says something, you know, so what are you guys doing down here? And somebody's misspoken, said, oh, they're with a sports rodeo team. I mean, sorry, sports radio. And she goes, oh, a rodeo? What do you mean rodeo? Like a pig? And I just stopped. And I said, hang on a second. <laughs> who put you up to this? I go, where are you from and who are you working for? Right. <laughs> like she's a Russian yes. pig. So, you know, yes. yeah. So I start freaking mullering her. For information, and she's why are you getting so aggressive with me? I, I don't understand. Yeah, why are you saying pig? I go, wait a second. I go, so you, why did you say pig? She said, well, I mean, just because of the rodeo. I go, no, what do you think of when you think of rodeo? What animals do you think of? You think of a, a horse, you think of, of steer riding and, and calf roping. There's no pigs at the rodeo. <laughs> Who are you working for? And she finally convinced, excuse me, convinced me that she didn't know what the radio station was, and nobody had put her up to pig. Well, then it goes to the case of, why are you freaking out over pig? Then I have to explain pig and why I'm grilling this woman about what the validity of her bringing up and referencing pig. So at what point does Don Cinto pull his phone out and start recording? This is about right now. Okay. So I just said, you know what? They're asking me about my pig. They're going to get my pig. And boy, are they drunk. I was in Future Farmers of America. That's wait, wait, what I just said. I said FFA. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah, like, yeah. no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I was just stalling. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> I was in FFA. Yeah, you were. I had a pig. I can tell. All right. Uh-huh. And I raised him from a tiny little pig into a big pig. And was it Sniglet? His name was Sniglet. Okay. And what happened was... What happened? 
he found himself smart enough Uh-oh, are very smart. to be able to jump from Uh-oh. his pen and go to the next pig's pen Did and eat all of that pig's food. Suicide. No, 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 hang okay. on. And then he would eat all of that pig's food. And then oh. he would jump to another pen oh, and eat all of that pig's food Fuck. to the another pen pig's food. And then leap all the way back across to Why his pen. I don't this know about weird. that. All right, this is when she sees the phone and wants to Why are you recording this? And then Don just says, I don't know, I'm just checking my email. They bought it. No one's recording anything. This is a true story. I'm checking my email. I'm being completely honest with you. I believe you. I know. So he would get back to his pen. All right. I would show up to feed him, and he would just be sitting there. Wait, to defeat him? No, to feed him. Oh, okay. I was like, that's... It was my... I'm going to defeat you. Defeat this pig. Okay, so this is hard to get through. This story should take about 45 seconds, but it takes four and a half minutes because of the commentary. Oh, yeah. Oh, this girl would not stop. My turn. Very competitive. My time to feed him. Yeah. And I would feed him, and then he would eat all of that. But he'd already eaten all those meals. Three meals. Who told you? And then he would eat my meal that I gave him, and he got so fat. How did you know? I caught him one day. You're like red-handed. Yeah, because dirty everybody was like, so here's the thing. That's my favorite. You caught him red-handed. And Don goes, pigs don't have hands. <laughs> <laughs> you back it up. You can hear it if you listen closely. That's so fat. How did you know? I caught him one day. Oh, you're like red-handed. Yeah, because dirty pig. everybody pigs was like, so here's the thing. Everybody, <laughs> all of the owners of the other well, pigs are wait. like, my pigs are so skinny and your pig is so fat. There's got to be, there's collusion. So... I went out early, and and I saw that mother blanker jump from the pan. Knowing I'm having to edit this audio today, (laughs) I edit myself so I don't have to use too many bleeps. Smart. And I saw him doing this. Mother blanker. Yeah. And then. You saw him hopping. Yes. Hopping. Yes. So I realized at this point. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. How old was he? Yeah. I don't know. Like a, the pigs like hop. A couple months old. I was, I don't know. That's what I was about to say. No, 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 no. He so climbed. an obese pig. You said he hopped. He went beast mode and climbed the thing and like so hopped beast over. Beast so an obese beast mode but he is pig a beast. climbed over. His natural mode is beast Wait. mode. I understand. So you were just next to people like the The pig different... pins were all next to each other. They were <laughs> all next to each live? other. In a small town in West Texas. Okay, so suspension of discipline. This was like part of my we'll, high school we'll FFA project. Uh, I had to raise this damn pig. Yeah, so that's why when FFA to me was yeah, yeah, yeah. pigs. Okay. So anyway, my so pig's fat. The other pigs are skinny and tiny. Everybody's like, yeah, why is your pig, pig so big? Well, he ate all your f***ing food. <laughs> so I had to exercise this, this pig and make him lose epidemic. weight. He had to make weight? He had to make weight. For you what? put trash bags For, on him? Like, oh, essentially, pause it. How exhausting is this? Well, I, every time we do My Pig Live, no one says a word. No. They just listen all the way through. This woman is... And like, there are two ask, girls? Two girls yeah, yeah, asking yeah. questions after every sentence. They're so fast, too. Oh, my God. This was the most exhausting thing I've ever been part of. Rodeo. No, for the stock show. Oh. For the radio. Because I had to show. <laughs> yeah, sports rodeo. 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 Anyway, the bottom line, I take my beautiful pig. So you took he goes to the stock show, yeah. and he's way overweight, okay. and I'm not able to show him. So they like, Because no, he was fat, they just He was overweight. I didn't know yes. pigs had he any got, weight. He got fat shamed at the stock show. Yeah. 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 Okay, this so has been going on a long time, way then, before Trump. The pig, okay. <laughs> so, what was, so 
what, what, like, what's the cutoff? What are you a pig? It was like, like 225 pounds. My pig was like two, 232. Shut yeah. Up. So yeah. Good. How much do you weigh? Me? Like 175. <laughs> you weigh. And that, guy, and that pig was 200. 232. So they told me you can't show the pig. They like don't even. People don't want to see this. They're he not got even sifted, which means here's, here's the thing. Here's the scale. Like if he passes weight, he gets to go over here, and you get to show your pig. Then here's my pig. He got what? Sifted. At the what did he get? Sifted. What did yeah. he get? Sifted. I think yeah. it's like this, like when you're like looking for gold and you sift through it and you go, uh-uh. Exactly. Like this, yeah, you're he's panic, too big, panic he's gold. too yes. fat to go through the little exactly. granules. So he went to the other <laughs> way. Okay. I didn't get to show him the other, you know yeah. what the other way he goes to? Oh no. No, it's like Charlie the Chocolate Factory. What? They sent him to the- Your pig him. got killed? Yeah, they the killed my pig. Sniglet got murdered for pork production. They killed my pig. Sniglet got murdered for pork production. Oh, oh and it goes on for another minute and a half. But oh, I didn't know what I was getting into. Why didn't they just listen? Because they couldn't shut up. <laughs> I need a nap. That's that. pretty much how the night ended for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for the shots, too. People. God. You know what, Austin? Screw you. Austin P1s for you and your evil shots. God, dude, I don't ever take shots, and I had like a thousand of them. And the, all the all the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> Clear and brown and red God. and green and blue. The ticket. Uh, it was part of an $800,000 book deal. And what happened was wind started spreading around uh, that, that this was actually happening. And... America wanted none of it. They thought this was disgusting. Mm -hmm. And so Fox, you know, after putting a lot into it, uh, the book and the TV show, they had to ditch it all just because public outcry was so great that nobody wanted to see this. So why are they doing it now? I don't know. They say it's because of the... See if you think this sounds cheap. They're using the Me Too movement, saying that this is an important piece of history when it comes to the Me Too movement, because you're talking about one of the, the great... The ultimate Me Too offenders. Yes, you're talking about one of the great uh, domestic abusers that we know mm-hmm. on the famous side. I mean, he took it to the ultimate level. Yeah. So they're using that. I, again, I don't know if I buy it. It's like they're playing both sides. Like, uh, look, you know, OJ thing is still hot based on reaction to the doc and based on the scripted series. But, but we also want to use it as some sort of platform for the Me Too movement. Plus, he's also free now. Yeah, he is. Um, for, so maybe here's a here's a, a cautionary tale for those that might think OJ is just this mythical legend and don't even connect him to the fact that he beheaded two people. Well, hey, let's remind everybody. Right. All you, you know unsuspecting 23-year-old girls that think it's cool to hang out with OJ now, which there are tons. Dude, I'm telling you, this was one of... This made me almost sick to my stomach. And this guy is... You know, I'm not breaking any ground here. This is one of the most disgusting human beings that I I cannot believe he's not in prison. Was this just a straight-up interview? Yeah, and there was a panel. Like, Christopher Darden was on this panel, so they were kind of breaking down the interview and... You know, they sensationalized it, and it was two hours of TV. Um, you know, it wasn't that great of a show, to be honest with you, but mm. when he starts talking about the murders themselves, 
And, you know, he makes... The thing about the Me Too movement, you have a guy, a really famous guy, that was on there for a couple hours talking about stalking Nicole and the 911 calls and all that, and all the while blaming her. Still blaming her. Ah, she had it coming. Yeah, she started those fights. I was defending myself. She was a whore. You should see what she wore to our kids' recital. You know, just... It's disgusting. And he cut her freaking head off. So all of this is done... Um, under the guise of hypothetical. This is all hypothetically, OJ. If you did kill her, how did you do it? And so, as you'll hear, that word's being thrown out there quite a bit. But just listen to this man and tell me that you don't get sick listening to it. The chapter, chapter six, is called The Night in Question. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you write in the book, now picture this and keep in mind that this is hypothetical. 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 Why don't you tell me what might have happened on the night of June 12th, 1994? <laughs> and let's just walk yeah, through the night. I, well, first of all, it's, this is very difficult for me to do this. Uh, it was very difficult for me because it's hypothetical. I know and I accept the fact that people are going to feel whatever way they're going to feel. <laughs> you know, uh, they're going to, uh, um, you know, some uh, whatever, uh, whatever they want to feel. In the book, the hypothetical is... Uh, Charlie uh, uh, pulls Charlie. <laughs> uh, this guy, Charlie, shows up. The guy who I had recently become friends with. And uh, I don't know why you had been by Nicole's house, but it told me you wouldn't believe what's going on over there. And, uh, and I remember thinking, well, whatever's going on over there has got to stop, right? So we kind of hooked up together. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of broad stroking this. We go over Get into Bronco and go over it. Let's just go back and do the details. Where did you I'm park? i the detail. You park in, in the a- hypothetical in the alley. Right. You park in the alley. Yeah. And you put on a wool cap and gloves. Uh, in the hypothetical, I put on a cap and gloves. Right. Yeah. And um, you reached under the seat for um, a knife. I always kept a knife in the car for the crazies and stuff because you can't travel with a gun. And I remember Charlie saying, you ain't bringing that. And I didn't, right? But I believe he took it. Charlie took the knife? Yeah. In the book. Yeah. Yes. So the back gate, you go through the back gate? Yes. And it was open or broken or? I don't recall. Okay. I go to the front and I'm looking to see what's going on. Um... And I can see that it appears, like Nicole had, fly, I had candles all the time. She really did to keep her overhead down, I think. And music was on, and uh, while I was there, a guy shows up. You know? So Ron Goldman comes in the back gate. Yeah, a, a guy that I really didn't recognize. I, I may have seen him around, but I really didn't recognize him. Again, we're out of the hypothetical phase at this point. It's, oh, he's just no, retelling the story. Yeah, he's retelling the story, and he started off by saying, well, think back, was the gate open or closed? I don't remember. Yeah. Or locked or unlocked. I don't remember. You mean you don't remember what you wrote in the book about the gate being open or closed? <laughs> or you don't remember when you actually murdered your ex-wife? Right. recognize him to be anyone. And uh, and I, in the mood I was in, I started having words with him. He says to you, I just came by to return a pair of glasses. Judy left them at the restaurant. Yeah, words to that effect, yes. And... And uh, he was I don't on. know if I believe it or didn't believe it. Uh, it was pretty much immaterial because 
you know, uh, I was more concerned about everything that, that everything that was going on, you know, and uh, was uh, fed up with it, I guess. And uh, you get into a fight. Nicole comes out. And verbal, a verbal, a verbal fight. fight. Got a little loud, and by that time, uh, uh, Nicole had come out, and we started having words about who is this guy, why is he here, what's going on. And, and she says, this is my house, get that the F out yeah, of here. Yes, and uh, which I didn't like because, once again, this is the same person. And if you read the book, you'll see some things that happened in the two weeks leading up to this that were uh, very, very irritating, you know. Uh, and I think Charlie had followed this guy in, one make sure it was no problem, and he brought the knife. As things got heated, uh, I just remember the coal fell. By the way, that's he hit her with the butt of the knife. Yeah. That's before he killed her, he knocked her cold with the other end of the knife. And that was proven. Yeah. Corner. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And hurt herself. Hurt herself. And uh, this guy kind of got into a karate thing. And I said, well, you think you can kick my ass? And I remember I grabbed the knife. I do remember that portion, taking a knife from Charlie. And to be honest, after that, I don't remember. Except I'm standing there and there's all kind of stuff around. And um, um, What kind of stuff? Blood and stuff around. You know, we, you know, I hate to say this, but this is not what that Right, right. I know we got to back up again. Right. That's <laughs> okay. Know? I want to back this up. This is hard. This is this hard. Is hard. To, yeah, I know. Yeah. I want to back up to. It's hard to try to make people think that I'm. A... <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Um, you wrote in the book, I had never seen so much blood in my life. Mm. Yes. Covered. You're covered. The scene. Can you describe yeah, it? I, I, it's hard for me to describe it. I'm telling you. I don't think any two people could be. Um, Murdered the way they were without everybody been covered in blood. So it goes on for about another minute, but you get the idea. It's 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 disgusting. I want to carry this over because this is a flat out confession. Yeah, it is. And there's nothing you can do about it.